When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up and according to Aaron to sit down. Rogers ready to relegate his reeling teammates. Wait till you hear this. Then Tampa Tom. You won't believe his response when asked if things are going to get better for the Bucks. These legends are in big trouble. Plus, we'll explain why things are about to get a whole lot more complicated for the G-Men even if they keep on winning. We've got all that and more as we get up with you starting right now. It's a Wednesday, and we are jam-packed, everybody. Tannenbaum is back in our studio. And the regular Wednesday squad, Kmart's here, Neek is here, Chris Canty is, he's sitting a little low today, and he's not feeling good, not feeling good I, I about it. I don't know, I don't know, Neek and Brandon must have something going on. <laughs> we all, all feel better about ourselves as a result, one way or another. There's only one place to begin. Oh, did you hear from A.A. Ron yesterday? In Green Bay, Packers are reeling. They've lost three straight. It began in London, where the Giants scored 17 unanswered, and the second half came back and beat the Packers 27-22 the very next week. The other New York team, the JETS, came to Lambeau and outscored the Packers 24-7 in the second half, stunning the Cheeseheads in their home stadium. And then this Sunday, the Commanders behind Taylor Heineke. That didn't matter. He had more yards than Rodgers, handing the Packers their third straight loss. Now they get Buffalo. Here was Rodgers with Pat McAfee yesterday. You have to really be cognizant of when is the right time to speak and when is the right time to listen. There are times to listen and then there are times where you've heard enough. And now it's start time it's that time to really crack the whip a little bit. You know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Gotta start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, give them a chance. So that was <laughs> ominous. Ooh. Chris Canty, what'd you think of that? Gee, here's the thing. I feel like Aaron Rodgers should take his own advice, man. Stop talking. I'm tired of hearing you talk. And if I'm tired of hearing you talk, I'm sure the guys in the locker room damn sure tired of hearing you talk. And the fact that you point out guys that are making mistakes, maybe they need to fix those mistakes. And if not, we need to get somebody else in there. Gee. The one thing I don't hear is any accountability on Aaron Rodgers' part. He's not saying we. He's saying they. And when you separate yourself from your teammates, that's never a good place to be in, especially when you're the quarterback because that's a leadership position by nature. And Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of improvement that even he can make as the back-to-back MVP. When his offensive line wins all of their blocks on pass plays, Aaron Rodgers' QBR ranks 22nd in the National Football League. So let me tell you, A-Rod, it ain't just the teammates, the wide receivers, the offensive line. It's you, too. And instead of being a part of the solution, you're exacerbating the issue by making it public. And, G, this is the second week in a row where we've seen Aaron Rodgers challenge the authority of Matt LaFleur. A couple of weeks ago, it was we need to simplify the offense. What did Matt LaFleur say? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> this week, he's talking about we need to cut back on guys playing times that are making mistakes. I'm sorry. Are you the quarterback or are you the head coach? Mm. Do your damn job, and then we can go from there. 
fascinating. That, 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 that's that's fat, and there's a part of me that agrees. How about you, Nick? I mean, it does come across and feel a little bit like arrogant and holier than thou. But when I'm watching the games, when I get to the criticism. Aaron's the last one. Like, it feels like the game plan's an issue. The protection is, is a, okay sometimes, but it's also an issue. The receivers are a problem. I do agree, though. Like, it, it feels him putting this out, this dirty laundry out in public feels uncomfortable. He's, like, laughing and joking, and it feels like he's looking down on his teammates. This is something that you can have a conversation in the locker room. But where I do disagree with you, while he's not perfect, He's not the real problem with this offense. He's still making throws. It seems like the play calling is suspect, the lack of running attack is suspect, and the receivers can't get the separation that he's accustomed to. Yeah, see, that, that, that's the place that I separate from you, Chris. Should he be saying exactly what he's saying? Is he the world's best leader? I, I think you can make the arguments. The answers to those are no. But the reality is, if I were to make a list watching them play of the 10 biggest problems the Green Bay Packers have, he's not on that list. What do you think, Kmart? Is it bad? that I love Aaron Rodgers' like villain season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm all for this guy. I mean, he just sounds like super maniacal, and I'm really for it. Um, yes, he's calling out his head coach. Yes, he's calling out his teammates. But are we expecting Aaron Rodgers? Like, like, do we not know who this is now? Like, why are we surprised by any of it? And he even said on the Pat McAfee show that his QB coach graded him. This was his highest single game. Like, oh, yeah. So, Rodgers is letting everybody know it is not me. And I think to your point, you've always brought up how he should have been there in the offseason. Aaron's not trying to hear all that. Um, I think they have a lot of issues, but I love him saying that, it, guys, you know, if you're not playing well, you should sit. That's a challenge to Matt LaFleur. Unlike Brady, where I feel like it's like we got to hope and we got to wish and we got to pray and right. get better. I kind of like it. Yeah, and sure, he should have been there in May and June, but if we spin it forward, those two young receivers guys, Christian Watts in the second round, Romeo Dobbs in the fourth round, mm -hmm. combined have 33 catches through seven games. That's not good enough. You're going to lose Devontae Adams, and here's a key play in the game, guys. Fourth and one, that's a got-to-have-it moment. They're going to Romeo Dobbs. They run a little pivot route, and he doesn't make the play. That is hugely consequential to their season. The other point, I understand we're being up Aaron Rodgers, but this team should run the ball more. Yeah. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, those guys have been productive. As Hembo reminded me, they're sixth in the NFL in success rate. So let's hang our head on what we do well, and right now it's not throwing it to those young receivers. Here's what I think, and maybe Rodgers is just talking because these are the things that are in his head. But I also think frequently coaches, and maybe in this case yeah. Rodgers, he's sending a message. Mm -hmm. And I think that message he's sending is less to these young players, who can't catch by the way, but mm -hmm. more to his coach. I think he's talking to his coach indirectly because the reality is, to his point, they're running, Dan Orlovsky was very critical of the plays they're running, how incredibly predictable it is. They're not running the football. They're doing the wrong things. And I think that is as much as anything what Aaron Rodgers is saying, whether you agree or disagree with the way he's going about saying it. Well, here's the thing. Does it help Matt LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers going about this business the way he is by being critical of how the organization is dealing with well, the young players? It doesn't. Does it help those young players? Does it help the head coach? Does it help the general manager when he says, you know, maybe we might need to make a move at the trade deadline? It doesn't. Yeah. None of those things help in terms well, of being able to get the results that you're looking for. Now, as far as from a game planning standpoint, them wanting to run the football more, it's hard to want to run the football. It's hard to run the football when your quarterback insists on being able to see the entire field and he doesn't want to utilize play action to take the shots down the field. This is it's a new hard record. to do all of those different things. So all I'm saying is it's not all on Aaron Rodgers. 
But we got to look at the guy that's making $50 million a year and say, you got to be more a part of the solution. It's a new record. We're only seven minutes into the show, and I'm ripping up the rundown, okay? We, we are staying on this, Alec. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, first of all, as, as you know, I was going to say when you started talking about his money, get out of the man's pocket. But it's real, though, Dom. I don't know. I mean, it's real, though. The point is, the it's a salary okay, cap. He's right about that. That's fine. Dollars. The assumption is, if last week what he said was, like, tactful, he was like, hey, Maybe we should simplify things. This week he steps it up. So my assumption is you want him to keep the stuff in-house. He probably kept it in-house for the like, first five week weeks, and, and they still stink. So then he came out and gave, he gave a soft launch of, hey, let's simplify <laughs> things. And then the head coach who does, who has been putting out terrible game plans, right. was like, I don't know what that means. Right. They lose again. Right. He plays well. Then he comes out and says, look here. <laughs> Y'all need to sit some people <laughs> That's down. That's right. And if, and if he's, he's probably already said this in the locker room. He's not getting the response he wants. So while I agree it was uncomfortable and gross and I don't like it, man, the man want to win. He's trying whatever he can. Because it's week eight and Matt LaFleur is not doing anything different. We've talked about yeah. the identity of this team, where the strengths of this team. It is in the run game. It is, right. It's not these wide receivers yet, and they keep doing it, the same thing. I'm going to make an analogy, and Chris Canty, I'm coming right at you. All right. Right before the show came on, you and I, Chris Canty is a crazy Yankee fan, no. and you were saying, oh, why are they bringing back the manager? Why are they bringing back the GM? Doing the same thing over and over insanity. again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. I think that's what Rodgers is saying. Yeah. We're doing the same things over and over again, as because they used to work and they're not working now mm -hmm. and you're not changing it, Matt LaFleur, so I'm going public and, and instead of Tom Brady screaming at people sitting on the sideline, <laughs> he's going on McAfee and he's doing it with a smile. Well, can I say this? Can, does anybody have an answer to why the Green Bay Packers blew a double-digit lead against a backup quarterback yeah. in the Washington Commanders. Does anybody have the answer? Because the why? defense stinks. The, the, defense, defense, stinks. the defense is awful, they, but they, it shouldn't be, right, G? They right. have seven first-round draft picks on that side. Well, that's that's another, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers better that's, start tackling better. That's no. another example <laughs> of why no, no, Let Chris go. Let Chris no, go. See, he, go. here's the thing, Dom. We're saying that they're underachieving based on the talent level right. that they have on this team. Yes. That's what makes you have to question the leadership. When I have to question leadership on a team, it's the head coach and the quarterback. How can Aaron Rodgers not be a part of owning the mess that's happening in Green Bay now? He absolutely has to be. Right. Is and that leader, fair? Yeah, leadership is all about context. Let's assume next Monday they get smoked by Buffalo, right? What is he going to say <laughs> next week? Fair assumption. Right? So you have to figure out how you're going to get the most out of your guys. And to me, it's about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, the two players that were brought in to replace Devontae Adams. And I'm hard-pressed to think that you're going to talk to some leadership expert that says calling them out on national <laughs> exactly. TV is going to bring out the best. Well, why are, but, but why are not, we not surprised? Why are we surprised? Like, this is the script. This man spent all offseason talking and talking and talking about what's happening internally, how he wasn't happy, how he wanted the guy in the in the, the GM who's in the front office. Now, all of a sudden, his name is Brian because they're on a good track. <laughs> like, he's been doing this, good and call. it has worked, and he's been given the leash. You can't be upset that he's using it. Maybe to sum it up, Chris, we would say no one's disagreeing that his leadership style is questionable, but perhaps it always has been. They've just always gotten so much stuff right around him, and he's so freaking good yeah. that being not, not being a great leader is low on the list of concerns <laughs> with him. Right now, the team is playing badly, and some of those cracks are starting to show. Well, maybe that explains why a guy that's won four MVPs has only been to one Super Bowl. Oh, well. well now you've made a good point. All right, so... <laughs> One way or another. Right, very good. So right now, what's happening is back in Bristol, the people in the control room are figuring out what we're going to do next. <laughs>
One of the things will be the Cowboys. Are they one weapon away from being super? I'll tell you why the answer is yes, and they need to do it right now. Plus, the giant surprise in the NFL. DJ, Saquon, and company shocking everyone. Could this continue? We'll answer all your questions. We're getting up with you on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <laughs> we are back on Get Up. From one struggling legend to another, Tom Brady and the Bucks have lost four out of five. Now they've got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on a short week. Yesterday, Brady was asked about turning things around. His answer did not exactly inspire confidence. Listen. We've seen some underwhelming football on Thursday nights this year. You guys have been underwhelming the last couple of weeks. Is it plausible to think we could see a, a significant improvement from the offense Thursday night? Um, I mean, like I said, I hope we go play well and execute well and, uh, and do our jobs at a high level. That's obviously expectation for all of us. That's what we're working toward this weekend. Um, yeah. Oh my okay. gosh. <laughs> what was that? What, what's oh my gosh? Okay, you know me, resident psych expert of the table. Yeah. The whole body language is <laughs> killing me. It's killing me. And I so want to call this the Bucks will be the greatest comeback story of all time. I want to, but Tom, he is not playing the part. Like, he just looks dejected. That pause, will you guys turn this around? Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, Tom, you know what? Give me Rodgers and all that craziness yeah. and that, like, attitude, because at least he's defiant. At least he's like, we'll get better. I don't I, know what that was. I'm always very hesitant to disagree with Kimberly Martin <laughs> because she uh, rolls her eyes at me. And, 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 and But I actually think he was just really aggravated by the question. Like, I think the like When are players you guys ever have, aggravated by reporters? I, I feel like, like that, that was like a, well, the f football on Thursday nights has stunk, and you guys, you guys have 
stunk. <laughs> so is there any reason to think you're going to be better? And I think right. it was just like, I know what I really want to say to you, pal, right. but I'm going to have to answer the question. That, that I generally I understand what you're saying, but that's kind of how I interpreted yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, moment. I think the message in the locker room is definitely very different. And we, we talked about his quotes on his own podcast early in the week. Mm-hmm. They were a lot more fiery, and they were more about we than the Aaron Rodgers thing. I am willing to defend Aaron Rodgers in the way that he approached all this, in the same way with Tom Brady. But it, what it comes down to is what are you going to do on the field? Like, there's no quote that's going to make any of us believe in them. There's no quote that's going to turn this all around. They need to start playing better. And in part, if we're going to be critical of quarterbacks, the one that's worth being criticized is not Tom Brady, or excuse me, not Aaron Rodgers, but it's Tom Brady. Mm. He's playing well, throwing the ball well on occasion, but he's also hitting the defenders in the chest with the ball every now and then, which is not something that you expect from Tom Brady. I have the perfect solution for his mood, for his play. Rob Gronkowski. And my uh, approach would be the same way I approach Michelle asking to marry me. I'm not taking no for an answer. Whatever the concern is, the answer is yes. You want to play third down? Yes. You want to block? Cut on the backside. You want more money? The answer is yes. That is your job description. 15 plays a game. Because his presence alone yeah. will make those slow old receivers on the outside even better. And the other thing I would do is maybe consider trading for a receiver. But what will pep up? Tom Brady more than his old buddy Rob Gronkowski. What will make him a better quarterback? Rob Gronkowski, I would go see him as the GM, Jason Light, and say, Rob, this is really easy. You are coming. You're going to come willingly. You're going to come (laughs) involuntarily. You are coming. Your your job description is going to be filled out by you, but you're a Buccaneer. Congratulations. I I like that. I'm actually with him. I think they do need to address the tight end position because we've seen Tom Brady thrive when he has that guy that can be in the middle of the defense and be a mismatch for linebackers and safeties. But I don't think that's Rob Gronkowski. I think the guy is Mike Gusecki at the Miami Dolphins. He's a player that they tried to trade for. They tried to trade in the offseason on Miami, I'm meaning. And this is a player that's fallen out of favor with Mike McDaniel because he's not a great inline blocker. It could be a fit for the Tampa Bay Bucks. But everybody that's ready to bury the Bucks right now, just pump the brakes. They play in the NFC South. Yeah. It's Tom Brady and three backup-level quarterbacks. They can figure this out. They'll have pieces. Ryan Jensen eventually will come back, mm-hmm. which can help the interior of that offensive line having a Pro Bowl center. It's ugly right now. They just lost to the Carolina Panthers, which means they can lose to anybody in football. Right. But the division is going to give them enough runway to be able to get their season turned around. So we just had a fascinating discussion about how much of the blame for what's going on in Green Bay lies at the feet of Rodgers himself. Kimberly, how much of the blame here should go to Brady? This will shock everybody, but I actually disagree with Dominique. (gasps) Because to blame Brady, like here's what we know. We know that you cannot, you get pressure up the middle against Brady, it's over. Yep. Where are they giving up the pressure? Up the middle. The man is 45 years old and finally looks like he's 45 years old because he is literally, by the time he gets the ball, people are on him. No, it, the blocking hasn't been good. They can't, they can't run the ball. Right. They can't stop the run. The defense, where, we love top balls. Lord knows yeah. we do. Coach however, however, right there. however, when he is talking about this is a really dark day right now, like that stuff I heard when he was with the Jets. Like, they have the personnel. They, that's why I think they'll be fine. But right now, it can't just be an all-on Brady, especially I, with that team. No, I think – so, if you go back two weeks, Tom Brady was incredible in that game that they lost. And I think that he plays good enough for them to win. But where's all the energy that we have for every other quarterback where we, we tell them, make everyone around you better? That's what Tom Brady does. Where, where, 
do it. Tom Brady has been paying people for 200 years. He's right never now. He's not a and now. What? But, <laughs> what, 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 carrying people? One thing to Nick's point, Tom Brady would say himself, well done is better than well said. And right now, he's not doing yeah. it on the field. And the other thing where he could lose the locker room guys is – not there on Wednesdays, goes to Robert Kraft's wedding, misses time in training camp. It's hard to hold your teammates accountable when you're not there all the time, yes. which he's obviously he used to lead by example. That's why it wasn't my issue with Tom's comments. I agree. The, the reporter's question, I, I'll, I'll give you that. But it's the other stuff. It's the, on his podcast, you know, I've been all in. No, nah, bro, you haven't. <laughs> like, that, that, that's just yeah. a lie. That's just a lie. And I feel like that, to your point, Mike, that's part of the bigger issue is that Tom Brady isn't acting like Tom Brady. They're not playing like the Bucks that we're seeing. Well, he seems miserable. The one thing we can all agree upon is he seems unhappy, and we all understand there may be non-football reasons why that is the case, which is kind of why I like your Gronkowski idea. If nothing else, just bring, bring in his buddy Gronk, and have some Gronk fun. fun. Gronk makes it fun. I mean, yes. he looks like a man who ne- desperately needs a party. And Rob Gronkowski <laughs> is a human party. Maybe that works. All right, much more on the NFL as we go. But wait a minute. Did you see what happened in the NBA last night? You need to see this. Neek, game of the night last night. Steph and the Warriors. D-Book and the Suns. We had controversy late, but early. We had the Stars being Stars. Warriors down five late first half, so a lot of offense in this one. How about the range from Steph? Oh, man, it's something that we see just about every time he steps out there. It's incredible. 21 points for Steph last night. It's a two-point game. Final seconds of the half. Chris Paul has still got this. Watch the clock. Three, two, one. And it's good. Oh, it's an ageless wonder. I'm going to go all vegan like him. <laughs> he, was, he was four of five from three. Third quarter now. Here's where the controversy begins. We got Devin Booker. We got Klay Thompson. We've got issues. He's letting them hear it. They're talking a little junk to each other. After the next play, they're still talking. And look at that's the ultimate flex, right? I got four rings, my man. How about you? So that's Klay Thompson giving him that. Less than a minute later, Warriors have the ball. Here's Mikel Bridges. He's going up. Draymond Green is going to foul him. And now after the play, take a look at this. Clay and D-Book, they're in each other's face. We got more words. We got technical fouls. We got Clay yelling at the refs. We got Clay Thompson ejected for the first time in his career. I've never seen that much motion out of Clay Thompson. They win a championship. He don't look that like <laughs> That's right. What they say to him? Meanwhile, the game continues. Under six minutes to go in the third. Sun's up 11, and there's Bridges. He had 17. The lead is 13, and they would pull away in a hurry. Devin Booker. He would finish with 34, and the Suns wind up winning it going away. 134 to 105, a statement win for a Phoenix team. And we'll talk more about this and more NBA conversation in general a little over an hour from now. Stephen A. and Woj will be here. Don't miss them together talking about the Lakers and their struggles. And we've got the Lakers tonight on ESPN. We got First, we got Milwaukee in the Nets. So we got superstars, KD and Giannis and everybody. Then we got Nikola Jokic taking on LeBron tonight. Coverage begins up. Be here for NBA Countdown, 7 Eastern tonight on ESPN and the ESPN app. All right, coming up, the D in Big D stands for dangerous, but are the Cowboys super? I will tell you the one thing they can do to make the answer yes, and they should do it now. This is Get Up on ESPN.
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We are back on Get Up, and I am going to posit something here. And as I've said many times, mine is that rare genius that won't be fully appreciated until long after my time. But I'm going to see if anyone here wants to change my mind on the following thought. I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys getting a healthy Dak Prescott back. I'm looking at how good their defense looks. I'm thinking about their owner, who, who at this moment in time does not want to be known as the guy whose team has not won a championship in a quarter century and is getting up there in age. And most importantly, I'm looking at an NFC where the only other teams above 500 besides the Cowboys are Minnesota, Philadelphia, Seattle, and the Giants. And I'm thinking the Cowboys need to go off script. The trade deadline is in six days. They need to go all in. Push your chips in. Go get Jerry Judy. Go get Mike Kosicki if he's available. Go, go trade for mortgage your future and go out there and win a championship because it's there to be won for the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think of that, my GM? I see you on <laughs> Jerry Judy and Mike, and I'm going to raise you Obel, Odell Beckham Jr., Take who's going to turn 30 years old a week from Saturday, and he should celebrate it with a Dallas Cowboy uniform on because when healthy, he can make the four or five plays down the stretch that may separate them from the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a championship defense, and he was the best player on the field when he was healthy in the Super Bowl. Here's a big play against the Rams. Uh, excuse me, against the Packers. And if we go back to what the Rams did last year, they added Von Miller, they added OBJ. This is a championship team with a, a, a very good quarterback, a great defense, and he may be their missing piece. What do you think of this, Canty? I like the idea of the Dallas Cowboys adding. I'm just not thinking that it's on the offensive side of the ball. I think they've got to fortify their strength and their identity, which is defense. They just lost their starting nickelback Jordan Lewis to a Liz Frank injury, so adding a piece on the back end mm -hmm. might make a whole lot of sense. A guy that comes to mind, Kenny Moore, Pro Bowl corner from the Indianapolis Colts that seems like a franchise that's ready to sell off. Kenny Moore wanted a brand new contract this offseason. They didn't give it to him. That could make a lot of sense for the Dallas Cowboys to add another cornerback to that group. We already know how great that pass rush is. 
cornerback players at a premium, especially when we get down to stretching the regular season and the postseason. That's Kenny Moore you're seeing on your screen. All right, less sexy, but I still like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're going to get anybody to disagree with you. This is what you play for. You play for opportunities like this. It's so rare that you're going to get an uh, entire conference that's as weak as it appears to be right now, and you have a roster that seems ready to win a championship. It's incredibly impressive considering where I think most of us thought the Cowboys were before the season started. Then we found out we were all dead wrong. So, yes, this is the chance to go all in. You have to give up some future first-round picks in order to get guys that are difference makers. Yes, do it. We saw how important Vaughn Miller, like you talked about OBJ, how important he was to that team last year. Vaughn Miller was also a late-season addition that pretty much changed the complexity of, or the complexion of their defense, and I think they could use any pieces, honestly. Well, even think about with the Bills with Stephon Diggs. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of people were like, ooh, I don't know. That's a lot to give up, and guess what? Yeah, Brandon B knew what the hell he was doing. Mm-hmm. I, with the Cowboys, I think you think about windows. And last year, I felt, was an opportunity for them to actually go on a run based off on the rest of the division being weak. And now I think Jerry Jones being 80, you know, I think you've got to take those chances now because – I don't he know. ain't buying green bananas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jerry's going to live forever. I mean, I know Jerry is going to live forever. Let's make that clear. But, Jerry, if you're watching, this is the time to do it. Yeah. I can't remember a time where anything felt as winnable as this. With no disrespect to the names I'm about to read, the other quarterbacks who are over 500 in the NFC right now are Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and a still, in the big picture, unproven Jalen Hurts. I mean, Hurts has been terrific. Right. He's in the MVP conversation. But, you know what? Let's see if he's ready to go toe-to-toe with Dak Prescott, who has been completely underappreciated and completely disrespected. And, by, and his cousin whom? Dominique by is going to be up the by, by a lot of people Dak. on this desk, I might add. I do agree with the idea of fortifying the defense. The more pieces you can add there, because I think that's how you win in this league, is like you have a strong strength that you can lean on. Right now, it's that defensive line. Mm-hmm. They can't suffer any injuries there or yeah. any setbacks there. They want that to be strong, and they want their secondary to be strong because they're going to have to be able – to stop passes as the season goes on in the playoffs. And the offense, I think, is coming along. As Dak gets healthier, they have parts and pieces there that could work out. So whatever they can get at it. You see, I see it differently. Their one hole was we didn't replace Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup will get better. Right. CeeDee Lamb will continue to evolve. But they need a guy to hit a home run. And, again, he's coming off of an ACL. But, again, OBJ is only going to be 30. I think he has enough juice. Get him both. <laughs> get Judy and OBJ and Gasicki. Everybody. Jerry got oh, the money? Oh, OBJ doesn't cost you anything exactly. in draft capital. Exactly. Exactly. So he just signed. About Odell, does if you add Odell, I like the star power. I like that. Does it force? Does Dak feel forced to get him the ball? Especially when we've seen C.D. Lamb, there are questions about is he ready to be the number one? That's my only concern about how it affects. But if they're winning games. Maybe One way or another. Jerry, if you're watching, and we know you are, push the, chips, <laughs> push the chips to the center of the table, sir. It is time to get it done. In the meantime, the trade deadline is next Tuesday. So I've got a game here. It's called Let's Mike a Deal. Mike Tannenbaum, you're my GM. Who should the Ravens be trading for right now? Melvin Gordon, their leading rusher right now. Greeny is Lamar Jackson. Kenyon Drake's their second lead receiver with only 189 yards. Melvin Gordon's a very productive back, some ball security issues, but he will come in immediately and turn a weakness into a strength for the Ravens. All right, next time, I like that one. How about the JETS, your former team? Who should they be trading for? My former draft choice, Laramie Tussle-Greeny. You've had a lot of issues at left tackle, Makai Becton, Dwayne Brown. Go get Laramie Tunsil, who is young, athletic, 
really good feet. And you don't have to worry about this position anymore. The Jets have had a really good offseason. This puts a ribbon around it, and I like his age and ability because this is not a Band-Aid. This is a long-term fix. I love that idea. And let's stay in New York for the third one. Who should the Giants trade for? DJ Moore. Right now, the New York football Giants' leading receiver is Richie James, who has 191 yards. That is really remarkable. DJ Moore is young. He has a good catch radius. He would come in immediately, guys, and be their number one receiver, which is really saying a lot about the position. So, Carolina's in a rebuild. They give up Robbie Anderson, Chris McCaffrey, DJ Moore is available, and he would give them an immediate upgrade in a possession in a position they're desperate for. I love it. Now that's your former team, the Giants. So let's talk about them for a minute. There is no team in the NFL that is getting less from their wide receivers to yeah. the point that he just made. They don't have a receiver on their team with 200 yards in reception yardage this season. Yeah, that's not good. No team is getting <laughs> is getting so. My question is, and maybe they make a deal here because maybe they have surprised everyone, including their own new front office. And are they? That's the that's the question on the screen. Are they a legitimate threat this year? I think their own fans want to know the answer to that question. Are they a legitimate contender to do something meaningful in a playoff scenario this year, Chris Canty? I think they can win a playoff game, but can they go on a championship run? No, I don't see that. There are a couple of deficiencies on this team that I don't think they're going to be able to overcome. When you look at this Giants team, they don't have any explosive playmakers on the opposite side of the ball outside of Saquon Barkley. So that will be an area of concern. David Sills, the fifth, is probably their most reliable receiver, especially after you watch what happened in Jacksonville this past weekend with guys dropping balls. I said after that game that they could use David Seals the first, second, third, and fourth. <laughs> <laughs> because right now they don't have enough explosive playmakers. Now, I like what Brian Dayball is doing in terms of calling a game that Daniel Jones can manage, putting guardrails on his quarterback so he doesn't make those consequential mistakes. But at some point, you need your quarterback to be a difference maker, and I just don't see that from Daniel Jones' play as of yet. Let me see you from Kmart. What do you think? Mm. About the Daniel Jones yeah, about of it all, the Giants. About the, of Giants. It all. Uh, the Giants in that locker room, they, they don't care that people are underselling them. They know they are behind Brian Dable. He has them like a feisty team. Like they actually believe, like, no, when we're playing the Ravens, we think we can beat them. Like they're not thinking that they are underdogs in any capacity. I think to Chris's point, they do have deficiencies. I think when you look at this roster, when you look at the offense, it flows through Saquon, and we all know that. It's like, Saquon, get us where we got to go. Daniel, escape out the pocket. And the guardrails that are there, it's for Daniel Jones not to mess up, not to lose them games. The other thing we have to consider, too, is the Giants lost two starters on that offensive line in that Jacksonville game, yeah. including right tackle Evan Neal. So we have to see how that impacts what happens in the short term and long term for this team, Obviously. especially on offense. But, but a lot of this question on the screen, Dominique, in, in, in modern pro football, comes down to the quarterback and yeah. how much one believes in him. How much does... This one, believe in him. <laughs> not enough to yeah. say that they're going to make a deep run into the playoffs. I'm not one who undersells his running ability. That's really important and it's really valuable, but he's going to have to give you something else because in the playoffs, it's going to be very different. The pressure's going to be on him. They could win a game depending on the matchup that right. they get. Mm -hmm. They get the Seahawks or somebody like that. That's possible, but I don't see a, against a real competitor, even the teams that aren't playing all that well right now, I think our quarterback bias makes me feel like I would still go with Tom Brady and the Bucks yeah. in that defense over this team because they have a higher ceiling. I do think that there's less variance in performance for the Giants, but I think it's so it's it's such a small area and it's not going to reach the ceiling that it needs to reach. Well, think about how many times we praise Daniel Jones for the fourth quarter comebacks. It's like they've been trailing in fourth quarters. Right. Like that's not a recipe yeah. for success yeah. in the playoffs. And I think when you face good defenses, mm -hmm. 
they're going to know to key in on Stefan. Oh, Stefan. Oh, Saquon. Uh, Saquon. Mm -hmm. Right. That's exactly right. The opposing coordinator is going to make them win left-handed, and that means Daniel Jones from the pocket making throws down the field. Yeah. He hasn't proven he can to do that. Whom? Yeah, and exactly, in fairness, <laughs> to whom? Yeah. Unless they could get the whole Sills family. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's why maybe this, these next six days are no more important to any team in the NFL than they are to the Giants. Again, the trade deadline is next Tuesday. If you're 6-1, and one, you have to believe you have a chance. They need to make a move for a playmaker on the outside, don't they? No question about it. They've got to get more explosive on the outside. Kadarius Tony hasn't worked out. Kenny Galladay hasn't worked out. Those were guys that they had pegged as being those difference makers. The new coaching staff doesn't see it that way. But as far as the Giants are concerned with Daniel Jones, he's shown that he can make plays with his legs like to Dominique's point but they're going to have that they got to have that element in the vertical passing game if they're going to take it to the next level and be a true title contender all right we will see we'll talk more about them as we continue this morning jam-packed we are on this Wednesday coming up next we're talking about Lamar Jackson and his late game struggles are they costing him more than just wins is the pressure getting to him we'll answer those questions as we continue you're watching get up on ESPN Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We are back, and our next stop is Baltimore. Lamar Jackson has the Ravens sitting at 4-3, and three, and his struggles in the fourth quarter have been part of the storyline of the season. As the Ravens prepare for a Thursday nighter against the Bucks. our Rex Ryan said right here on this show on Monday what he thinks he's seeing in Lamar late in these games and why it's happening. Give a listen. I think he's pressing, and I, I see it. I, I, this is not the same guy we see, you know, in the first three quarters of the game. And part of it is it's the contract. Like, I'm just telling you, how could it not be? When you're, you know, he walked away from X amount of dollars, whatever it was, but he looks to me like that something's just not right. And to me, it's, it's weighing on this guy. So that was Rex here. As he was talking, I saw both of you at this end of the table sort of shaking, shaking your heads in disagreement. Why? It's not the contract, G. It's the defense. The Baltimore <laughs> Ravens defense is really bad in the fourth quarter. They're allowing, on average, 10 points and 123 yards of offense, both of which are the worst in the National Football League. So when we start talking about Lamar Jackson pressing, yeah, he's pressing because he knows he has to overcome a suspect defense. The other thing that he has to overcome is not having the benefit of an offensive line that can close out games by running the football. The Baltimore Ravens are 16th in run block win weight in the fourth quarter. Now, for context, from 2018 through 2021, the Baltimore Ravens offensive line in the fourth quarter, second 
and run block win rate. So but, those are the two issues that are exacerbating the problem in the production or lack thereof that we're seeing from Lamar Jackson. Let's not blame this on the contract. These aren't excuses. They're reasons as to why we're not seeing Lamar Jackson play MVP football in clutch time. Chris, Lamar Jackson just isn't playing well. He's 25th in the league in completion percentage, and he's 25th in off-target throws. So he's human. I agree with Rex from a standpoint it's human nature that a consequential deal of generational wealth doesn't get done. And statistically, when you watch him, he's not the same guy right now. I agree they're blowing fourth quarter leads. The defense can't end games the way they used to. They don't have a running back. Hopefully they're going to address that. But he's just not playing as well as he once was. Now, look, if I'm the Ravens, do I still sign him? Of course I do. But right now, he's just not the same player. The hard part with with me accepting this idea as a contract is Rex said it himself. He's good for the first three quarters. He was great mm-hmm. for the first several games of the season. Right. Does he forget about, about the contract? The contract then. Yeah, he yeah. forgets about the contract for three quarters. In the fourth quarter, they must put something up on the jumbotron. <laughs> say, remember, Lamar, the contract's not signed yet. Then he's like, oh, I forgot, interception. <laughs> I actually think that is more schematic issues, and it's part connected to that defense. I think they're so committed to this big personnel, in part because they want to run the clock, they want to run the ball, that they put Lamar in a tough situation. When you're blitzing him, the way you scare teams out of blitzing you is with big plays. Yep. It's hard to create big plays when you got guys with number 40s, numbers or with numbers in the 40s and tight ends out there so you can run. Like you need to crack somebody over the head with a big 50-yard gain and then they'll stop blitzing Lamar. I think that's a bigger problem, but they're scared to be that aggressive because they could end up in three and outs, which puts the defense back on the field. That's the conundrum. It's not the contract. Number one, if I'm Lamar, I'd be pressing too. But not because of the contract. It's because when you think about the injuries that they've, they've suffered at key positions, yeah. like his number one running back didn't start the season healthy, his left tackle didn't start the season healthy, Rashad Bateman has missed several games. Without Rashad Bateman in the lineup, this, mm-hmm. this whole offense looks completely different. And at the start of the season, it was Lamar. Lamar was almost like, screw it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Like, that's sort of been how he's had to play, and it worked in the beginning, and now it's not. Like, they have the worst point differential in the fourth quarter of any team in the NFL. It's not the contract. There, it, 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 like, this guy puts more pressure on himself than anybody yeah. it, it, that, on the outside. So I don't think it's, it's the contract. It really is real fundamental issues. With the other contract. thing about the contract is he's going to get one. It, it, there, he knows there, he's get there are no circumstances under which the Ravens are going to say, you know, maybe we're better <laughs> off with that. He's going to be within a yacht of Deshaun Watson money regardless, <laughs> right? whether he gets 170 guaranteed, 190 guaranteed. So th- there's going to be generational money there regardless of the outcome, right? I'll push back on that. Over 20 years, some players can handle it better than others. Like, that's very logical. We're, we're not inside his mind. And, look, he's a great competitor. He deserves to get a deal done. I thought it was going to get done. And at some point, it has to impact him because when you watch him play, he's right now, he's just not playing as well as he once did earlier in the season. So, well, listen, he's go ahead, fifth go. in QBR, and he's top five in rushing. So we say he's not playing well. The team is not having the results that we expect. Mm -hmm. But you can't look at those metrics and say Lamar Jackson isn't a really, really good quarterback. And that's my problem with all of the criticism that we're heaping on top of him. The context of the situation matters. Not having a running game in the fourth quarter and having a suspect defense Mm -hmm. makes the issues that Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson has to overcome 
that much more of a problem. Well, let's bookmark this one. This is an interesting conversation because I, 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 I sort of see both sides. We'll come back to it as we continue. Meantime, we have a huge weekend of college games. Let's take a close look at those, shall we? It starts in Happy Valley. Number two, Ohio State taking on Penn State. The Buckeyes on a roll right now, having scored at least 49 points in each of their four conference games this season. Then, 7 Eastern on ESPN, we have an SEC border rivalry, Kentucky and number three, Tennessee. First time since 19 51 that both these teams are ranked when they meet. And then primetime Saturday night on ABC, the great interstate rivalry in-state between Michigan and Michigan State. Wolverines have lost their last two and 10 of the last 14. And obviously this is a monster game for the unbeaten Wolverines to keep it going. And there they are. Heather and Paul are back with us. As always, when we need college football insight, this is where we turn. Let, let's talk uh, first and foremost, Heather, about the big two in the Big Ten. Ohio State, big game. Michigan, big game. Are these teams on a collision course to meet undefeated at the end of the season. Yes, they are. If they are top four quality teams, which they appear to be, there's absolutely no reason that they should lose before they meet in the regular season finale. If by some chance Penn State were to pull off a miracle, there's a possibility that they could all end in a three-way tie at 11-1, and one, which is a convoluted Big Ten tie-breaking thing we don't have time to get into. But here's the bottom line. It's that they have a possibility to still get in together, Ohio State and Michigan, but I wouldn't predict it unless by some chance Clemson were to lose to South Carolina or at Notre Dame, um, TCU loses, the Pac-12 has a one or two loss champ. Those non-conference schedules are going to come under the microscope and fans of both teams, Ohio State and Michigan, when the rankings come out on Tuesday, pay attention to where Penn State is ranked because that is going to be the best win probably aside from each other on their resumes and that will help indicate just what the selection committee thinks of Ohio State and Michigan. Which makes this a fun question for me to ask, Mr. Feinbaum. Paul, how would you assess the possibility of the Big Ten getting two teams into the college football playoff? Greeny, it's getting better by the hour. Uh, and, and a couple weeks ago, I, I did say that I didn't think there was much chance of it. But right now, they are both uh, excelling. Uh, Ohio State, to me, has been the most complete team, and Michigan uh, is the team that just simply won't go away no matter what I say or anyone else says. So I think uh, we need to figure out this SEC mess, uh, but really there, I don't think anybody in the Big Ten has, has any challenges between the two other than each other. Penn State, to me, just seems like a paper lion. Well, well, so let me come right back to you then, Paul. Sort out the SEC mess for us. No one knows that conference, of course, better than you do. What is the likeliest way that thing shapes up when we get to the finish? Well, I mean, if you, if you went with the odds, uh, Georgia and Tennessee meet next week. Georgia moves on from that game. And then uh, Alabama has an LSU and Ole Miss back-to-back uh, -back on the road uh, task. Uh, I think that's extremely difficult. Ole Miss did Alabama a favor the other day by, by losing in Baton Rouge. But Alabama will be a favorite, a pretty big favorite in both games. So, it, so then we see a very likelihood of Alabama and Georgia meeting in the SEC championship game. Georgia will be favored. And if Georgia wins that game, it opens the door for Tennessee to sneak in over Alabama with two losses. All right, so that would be a fascinating uh, turn of events were it to happen. Meanwhile, Heather, you mentioned right off the top that the first rankings come out next week, understanding fully that we have an entire weekend of games between now and then. As of right now, who would be your top four? What, what, would, what would be your one through four if the voting was right this minute, Heather? 
Well, mine's probably different than the selection committee Greeny would have, but at number one, I have Ohio State. I'm glad that Paul has finally copied off my paper and joined the club. <laughs> number two, I have Georgia. Number three, Tennessee. And number four, quack, I've got the Ducks. And the reason I have Oregon there is because Paul nailed it. Penn State, paper lion. I love that description of it. I don't think that Michigan's win against Penn State is that great. I think Oregon's win against UCLA is better. They've won six straight since losing to Georgia. Wow. So the one loss ducks in ahead of the Wolverines. Paul, who would be your top four right now? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and I would be sitting next to Heather in 11th grade copying off her paper um, <laughs> because she would be far smarter than I am. Uh, I, I agree with everything she said except the quackers. Uh, <laughs> at last check, Oregon lost to Georgia by 46 points. If the committee wants to have enough uh, bravery to overcome all that, I'm going with Michigan, uh, even though it's probably going to kill me in the end. I would describe this as one of the great upsets of the college football season. Paul Feinbaum has Michigan in the top four, and Heather does not. That's not what I saw coming. All right, guys, we will talk to you as the week continues. Huge games. And again, another reminder that Saturday night primetime, we got that Michigan game. Michigan, Michigan State. It's a rivalry. Funny things tend to happen in this game. It's 7.30 Eastern on ABC and on the ESPN app. All right, coming up, A.A. Ron is fed up. Wait till you hear what he's got to say about his teammates and how this thing should go now. And wait till you hear what we have to say. You will next. Get up on ESPN.